0: William Lane Craig, the Christian philosopher, has some interesting criticisms of Islam. We're going to uh, watch them together, and then we're going to deconstruct them. Let's have a look.
1: Now, I gave two reasons why I think the Islamic conception of God is not wholly true. First, it seems to me morally inadequate. Notice that he agrees with me that God as the perfect being must be all-loving. So the issue here is, is the God of the Quran all-loving? And he says, yes, he is, because the word wadud is affirmed of God, that he's full of love uh, and, and compassion. But Dr. Badawi then gives away his case by saying in the next sentence, he is willing to forgive those who will turn back to him. Thus, you see, God's love is conditional. It is not towards sinners and unbelievers. It is not an unconditional love. As Dawud Rachbar in his book, The God of Justice, writes, unqualified divine love for mankind is an idea completely alien to the Quran. Nowhere do we find the idea that God loves mankind. God's love is conditional. Jesus says in Luke 6.32, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And yet this is the highest level to which the God of the Quran rises in his love for human beings. He loves those who love him, who turn to him. In fact, Dr. Badawi, in his uh, brochure on building bridges between Christians and Islam, virtually admits this. Listen to what Dr. Badawi says. He says, Correct belief and good deeds are prerequisites for God's grace and forgiveness, and for rising above our common shortcomings. You see, it, grace that requires prerequisites, it's not truly grace.
0: Um, so he has said that, uh, God's in the Quran. So obviously he's in a debate with this, B- 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 Badawi, yeah. um, and he's saying that this gentleman has said that God is Al-Wadud, which means the loving. Yeah. Uh, and he has then said that's equivalent to the Christian conception of all loving and said that in Christianity, God is actually all loving because, um, he, loves you unconditionally. Whereas in Islam, God loves you if you turn towards Him and have a relationship with Him, and He doesn't love those who are the disbelievers and mm. those who are His enemies. Yeah. Um, and He said that this is a moral deficiency in the Islamic conception of God, mm. and then he goes on to characterise the relationship of, uh, of Muslims, as they say it, with God as kind of wages. So he says this isn't this isn't this is this is a we? Haven't transaction. Got to that yet. Have we? He, he just mentioned that. Okay. So he's saying well this this is talking about wages whereas in um, in Christianity he says that it's unconditional grace. Um, which we'll talk about. Uh, okay, so go, go back a little bit. I've said I
2: really like William. Lincoln.
0: And actually, let's let's say also, I as I, a generality, I, I, as
2: yeah, I really, I just, I do want to say this. Just even the watching, character of his criticism, even watching him and and the exactly the character of criticism, I really like him as a person, hmm. and I can see that if I knew him, I'd actually be good friends with the man hmm. because he's very sincere. Yeah, actually, he comes across as somebody who is very sincere. Yeah, and I really like the fact that he's also really focused and become well known for his own, uh, arguing for the existence of god from his logical premises through the kalam, through the kalam. Well, you know you know whatever it may be you know uh, and he's done a great job popularizing that hmm. um, but even just watching him i actually like the man yeah i do want to say that uh, he's not like some critics of
0: islam who you uh, could get the sense they're a bit more ethnoculturally motivated yeah um, he sticks to arguments he yeah, he, arguments. he he's a very much uh, here are my criticisms let me break them down for you, Yeah. answer them. Yeah. And I mentioned the Kalam because, you know, he, he obviously is famous in the Kalam Cosmological Argument, and he gives due, due credit to the Muslim philosophers for, uh, for developing that, and yeah. he uses essentially their formulation. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I do like the guy. He does some fantastic work. Uh, probably worth worth saying that at the beginning, actually. Yeah. Uh, but these are, these are some criticisms which he has, um, so hopefully we've summarized the first part of it. Should we watch the next part
1: of it? For God's grace and forgiveness, and for rising above our common shortcomings. You see, it, grace that requires prerequisites, it's not truly grace. We're talking about wages here, about earnings. And uh, this isn't just my Western interpretation. Muhammad Zia uh, Ullah, in his book, The Islamic Conception of God, he is a, a, a Muslim, uh, explains the attribute of God being all-merciful by saying God rewards our deeds fully. That's what the mercy of God means. He rewards our deeds fully. And he says, we cannot have the least doubt that he will respond to our love by his. You see, it's conditional. It's to those who love him. Those are the ones he assigns love to. So the Kagan says things like, God loves those with goodwill toward others. God loves those who incline to him. God loves those who are clean of heart. God loves those who are ready to fight in his cause. God loves those who prove steadfast in trials. Well, how do you measure up? Does God love you? Not unless you measure up to those standards. Now, Dr. Badawi says, well, look, it just means that God doesn't love the unbelievers' deeds, and he loves the deeds of the believers. Well, I hope that's true. I really do, but that's not what the Quran says. And he didn't give any argument or proof for that exegesis. The plain statements of the Quran are that God is an enemy to unbelievers. He doesn't love them. He loves those who love him and do good. Dr. Budwee says, in fact, then he goes on to say, I reject the idea of God's equal love of sinner and believer. Well, that is exactly my point. The most perfect being must love sinner and believer alike. That doesn't mean he blinks at sin. On the contrary, he he must punish sin, and that's why Christ had to die. But God's love as the greatest conceivable being must be impartial and unconditional. Dr. Budwee quotes the Hadith, but all that proves at best is that it contradicts the Quran. Not that that it's correct. And besides, even in those quotations he read, God's love was still conditional. So, I'm not convinced that the Islamic conception of God is morally adequate.
2: I've got a really great quote to begin with, though. Okay, go for it. So, Luke 18, 18. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why callest thou me good? None is good, save one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. (laughs) Mm. Do not commit adultery, do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honour thy mother and thy father. <laughs> but then Christians always say, yeah, but read the rest of it. <laughs> well, the rest of it says, I have done this since my youth. Now, when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, yet thou lackest one thing. Sell all that thou hast distributed to the poor, and that shall have the treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. Okay. Right. But the basic answer was, how do I inherit eternal life? Well, how is the, What was the basic question? The basic question was, how do I inherit eternal life? Yeah. Right now, presume now salvation. I think. I think. I yeah. I think we should keep this in our back pocket and come back to it. Actually, hmm. I want to say something before that, which is that I think Doctor Butterwee, whoever who was who was debating with William Lane Craig, made a fundamental error. Hmm. Right, and the fundamental error is he's trying to defend an unjust position. Hmm you know he says and an un-quranic position and an un-quranic position craig picked up and craig is absolutely correct the quran does not support the idea that god has you should call him dr craig dr craig yes, yes i do like him so dr <laughs> craig you know the, the 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 he's absolutely right the quranic position is not that god loves the the this the the one who's disobedient and rebellious to him mm. like he loves the one who's obedient mm. And the Qur'an itself says this. It says, do you expect that God should treat those who are rebellious like those who are obedient? Hmm. Right? In the same way that their life and their death should be equal to one another? Yeah. To do so would be to equate goodness and evil, disobedience to God and obedience to God as one and the same thing. Yeah, yeah. In which case it would require God to have no see no value in himself. Yeah. See the premise of it is that a person is valuing God and is obedient to Him. Mm. So for God to treat the disobedient like the obedient, oh, I see what you mean. That's would a great require point. for God to see no value in Himself. Yeah, right.
0: But He knows Himself. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, but it's God who describes Himself as worthy of all praise. Yeah. So the Quran gives you the answer in that. In that. Yeah. In that so there. I mean, the entire the uh, there's so much to unpack here, which is what Lane Craig says wrong. I think. Yeah. Um. I think let's start from the. What, let's go through the Islamic position of Rahman, Rahim Wadood. Yeah, yeah. I think he's muddled up completely, or Badawi has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, to give Wadood as the as the argument and not Rahman is madness. Okay. So, I mean, this, so is, this, you, is, you you this explain is hard. That. So, may Allah help us because this is this is three <laughs> minutes
0: of first, of, of, you know, argumentation to to unpick on the fly. But essentially, the the overall form of his argument is the. Um, the Islamic conception of God is inferior to the Christian conception of God. It is so because the Christian conception of God is one which is more perfect. It is more perfect because the Christian conception of God is that God is all loving and that His love is unconditional.
2: So let's stop there, okay? And let's analyse the Christian conception of God. Let's take the argument bit by bit. Uh,
0: yeah, you've started okay, with the Christian okay, conception okay.
2: of God. So he's saying the Muslim conception is inferior to the Christian conception. So let's find out what they, if the claim. That yeah. the Christian conception of God is that He is all loving stands the test. Sure, right, and that His love is unconditional. Because that's basically what the love is, is unconditional. Say, his love is unconditional, and
0: this is yeah. And whereas in the Islamic conception of God, it's it's conditioned upon your deeds and your character.
2: Yeah, so it's absolutely false. Yeah. Absolutely false. So the Christian conception of God, at the very minimum, requires you to believe in the death of Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay, Christians themselves believe that if you do not believe in the death of Christ and accept it into your life right? That you will be punished eternally for a finite number of sins, Mm -hmm. right? That eternal punishment awaits the one who does not believe that Jesus died for your sins, okay? That is clearly a condition. So the idea that Jesus, God is unconditionally loving people is nonsense, because there's a clear condition. You have to believe in Jesus's life, the sacrifice for you to uh, attain God's love eternally. And if you don't, it's eternal damnation, Mm. that's pretty serious think about what eternity means yeah yeah unending all right <laughs> okay so he's infinitely unjust he's infinitely unjust because you can't punish an, a finite number of evil yeah with an infinite amount of sin no matter how long your life is no matter how much denial you made of Jesus it's still a finite amount yeah right so you know that in itself is totally false the second and very important thing to point out is that God doesn't unconditionally according to the christian conception love anyone mm-hmm well, I mean, uh, you say what
0: you wanted to say there because I want to come back on. Okay, see well, I mean, same. the simple
2: answer is is that because you know what is love. You know, oh, okay, fine. You yeah. know, what is love? <laughs> <laughs> so, so what is love? Love at the end of the day, you know, and this is often framed as God is all forgiving. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but in the Christian conception of God, God has not shown forgiveness to any individual in human history mm-hmm. because He's punished all, all of the people who disbelieve in Jesus. He's going to punish them eternally for their sins. Yeah. All the people who believe in Jesus, God's already punished all their sins on Jesus. Yeah. So there is not a single sin that God has forgiven. So it's a very strange condition of love whereby you have absolutely no forgiveness in you whatsoever. (laughs) So, you know, the hallmark of love is forgiveness. Mm. Is that when somebody does wrong, you say, don't worry about it. It's okay. I love you. You made a mistake. Let's move on as if it didn't happen. Yeah. Okay. To be above the problem. But God is so utterly unloving. Unloving. Yeah. Is that He had to punish all of the sins of mankind upon them if they don't believe in Jesus. And all of the sins that they committed or will ever commit if they believe in Jesus are on Jesus. So He hasn't forgiven a single one. Yeah. And yet Jesus taught us in the Lord's Prayer, uh, you know, oh Lord, forgive us as we forgive those who. Uh, as our Lord forgive, forgive our trespasses, as... as we forgive those who uh, trespass against us. Yeah, right. But the way we trespass against uh, the way we forgive other people hmm. is actually greater than the forgiveness of well, God. We sh- forgive people. Yeah, because because God doesn't. He yeah. punishes. He only punishes. Yeah, right. So the idea that God firstly unconditionally loves anybody is false. There's mm-hmm. clear conditions according to the Christian theology. And the second thing is even. Well, the condition is one of punishment. If you believe in Jesus, then all of your sins
0: have been punished on yes. Jesus. So there is no action of love. So there is no, there is no, there is no, there is no forgiveness there. There is no activity of love. No activity of love there. And if you don't believe in Jesus, you are going to be punished eternally. So there is no, there is no activity of love there. There is no forgiveness there. So God is not forgiving. So it's a condition, but not of love. Yeah. <laughs> so it's un- it's conditioned. Um, punishment. <laughs> it's. Con- I don't even know what to call it. It's almost like. Con- it's just dwarf. It's, it's it's a very it's a very diff, You know, it's he's saying it's it's unconditional love. It's conditioned non love. Let's say yeah yeah. It's conditioned yeah. Uh, outcome as punishment yeah. Um, and the second thing I was thinking is that it's so ironic that he's talking about this is wages that the granite conception is you do good deeds and it's uh, and these are wages you're being paid. It's like isn't it, it's a Christian idea that is you know sin, of sin as wages? Yeah. That the, the wages of sin are death. Yeah. You have to that the that sin has to be paid off. Yeah. Exactly. This is a Christian idea that a debt. thing is cr- transactional that sin is debt and that for some reason God is un- unable to forgive debts as well. <laughs> He is. He is. Um, he, he is held to the, the, uh, the metaphysical <laughs> transcendental bank, and he's just the uh, the the collector, uh, the debt enforcer who has to
2: punish you. Yeah. So there's no love, there's no forgiveness, there's nothing there. Um, okay, so we've set, we've deconstructed the Christian concept of concept of conditional unconditional love. Yeah. What's the Islamic condition concept of God that he has perhaps misunderstood? Yeah, and perhaps or Mr. Badawi of, has misrepresented. Yeah, said. Um, the
0: the Quran kind of gives two master attributes of God, which is Rahman and Rahim. Yeah. And Rahman means um, unconditional mercy and grace. So it's that expansive kind of grace which touches us even before we are born in the existence of creation in the nature of the universe in the existence of the earth the Sun and the moon the food that we eat all of this is grace which we did nothing for we're born into this world to parents we have all these wonderful things around us even if we have difficult lives we have this and we have most fundamentally the greatest blessing God has given us is this capacity to prayer uh, to pray this ability to know God intrinsically that there is a God and, and an ability to uh, to pray to God God. So this and so many other things in our lives are things which we did nothing to. Des- well, we, we did we didn't deserve them. They are just there and given to us by God. So this is an enveloping mercy, and this is the the granite conception that my mercy encompasses all things. Yeah, the yeah? verse of the Quran. The verse of the Quran. You could actually in the full verse, I believe, is you know, uh, I punish you that, that. Let me look it up. Sure. Um, yeah. My, uh, it's about God's anger, isn't it? Uh, but he yeah. says, my mercy envelops all I things. I punish
2: whom I will. I punish whom I will, but is that the whole thing? Yeah, so it's an ordain for us good in this world as well as in the next. We have turned to the in repentance. So it's the end portion of a prayer. Hmm. God replied, I will inflict my, inflict my yeah. punishment on whom I will, but my mercy encompasses all things. So I will ordain it for those who act righteously and pay the zakat and those who believe in our signs. It's so very interesting that he says, my punishment on whom I will. But my mercy encompasses all things. In other words, my mercy encompasses my punishment. Mm. Well, because in the Islamic conception is that of a finite hell of suffering
0: as a means, say a, means of say that again. Say that again for the people in the back. <laughs> the Islamic conception is that of a finite, non-eternal hell where you are punished only as a means of ultimately, as a means of reformation. Yeah. So that if you do not choose to uh, submit yourself to God voluntarily, you will be shown the error of your ways because that is the, the only avenue left to you. Yeah. Through punishment and through the suffering. Of being transformed against your will yes. in the next life yes. into a being that has that can, is capable of having a relationship with god which then continues eternally which and then you have eternal heaven and then you have eternal heaven so you have non-eternal islam here's what christianity says infinite punishment for those who uh, don't believe and for those who do believe for some reason jesus is able to pay that off in three days <laughs> <laughs> so even though everyone else has to pay off infinitely Jesus was able to pay off everyone else's in three days. No explanation given as to why. Uh, whereas in the Quran, it says, um, punishment is finite, and the uh, and heaven is as infinite.
2: Yeah, and the right. Prophet Muhammad described this multiple times in different types of hadith. Ones that said that the doors of hell will rattle in the wind on account of having been emptied. Another one describes the condition of the last person to leave hell and his conversation with God as he exits hell and he goes to paradise and finds it to be appear to be full and God laughing mm-hmm. and then God giving him, "Would you like the like of the world?" And seven times over. And you know, so there's 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 lots of hadith which talk about that last person who leaves hell. So mm. it's, it's absolutely clear from the Qur'an and the Hadith the And it's is, in the Qur'an as well, yeah it's in the Qur'an as well, you're right yeah. Yeah. So, um, so what we were saying there is that the
0: Qur'anic conception is that you have Rahmaniyat Which is this enveloping mercy yeah. Whereas in Christianity you have enveloping punishment In yeah. Islam, God's mercy envelops all things In the Bible, God's punishment envelops all things yeah. Um. And then you have Rahimiyat. God is not just Rahman, but He is Rahim. Yes, He rewards you, but He got it wrong here when He says that He just pays you your wages. Yeah. That's not the Quranic conception. C- false. Which? Okay. That. That. That's. This is a. Theological point, which probably wasn't presented to him. Yes, yeah, so he's probably not even aware of the concept. Yeah, rahimiyat in Islam. It's is... Extraordinary how
2: generous we are with people we like. <laughs> That's true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jordan <laughs> didn't Jordan get did get the same treatment. Not get the same treatment from. Although I like him in some respects, you know. Yeah, but... he's, he's he's great psychologist, he? um, and many cultural um, yeah cult- commentary com- commentary. Yeah, uh, but as I was saying, in Islam you have rahimiyat that is. Um, uh, conditional grace, you can say, hmm. where God does reward you out of His Rahmanit. He chooses to reward you. Yes. So, His Rahmanit, His unconditional grace determines that He will also reward you yes. for your actions, something yes. He doesn't have to do. Yes. But He has made that part of Him, or rather, that is a part of Him which He expresses to you. Yes. But not, it's not simply that He rewards you for what you've done, He rewards you much more than you deserve. Yes. Uh, it, it's something which is uh, ultimately the reward is unending. Yes, for but your he, finite, for your, for your finite, finite yeah, for your finite efforts. Good point. For your finite efforts, God rewards you infinitely. Yeah. and God rewards you much more than you than you do I mean there are, it's all in the Quran hadith about how much more your your virtues are rewarded you know 70 700 times over so much more than they deserve whereas your sin
2: is only punished proportionally yeah chapter six verse 160 to 161 depending on your numbering of the Who uh, whoso does a good deed shall have ten times as much. <coughs> that, that's as a minimum yeah but he who does an evil deed shall have only a like reward mm. and they shall not be wronged like requital yeah and they shall not be wronged mm. you know this idea that um there's there's so what you've said is there's rahman and rahim there's god who gives unconditional grace which is your entire existence frankly yeah and all of the ecosystem the sun the moon and spiritual opportunities your yeah. spiritual opportunities your faculties everything yeah. is a manifestation of god's love to you and then there's rahimiyat of God's, mercy. of God's mercy of God's mercy, correct? And then there's rahimiyat, which is when you proceed, make an effort towards God. God comes, uh, rewards you far more than you deserve. Yeah. And as a hadith says, if you walk to God, God runs to you. Yeah. Right. Um And yeah, if you yeah. move an arm's length to God, God moves uh, yeah, a fathoms length, etc. So, so many of us still don't know what that means. Many, <laughs> but, you know, so so. <clears throat> um, so then there's, so there's Rahman which is pre action yeah and then there's Rahim which is post action so after you That's ma- good way putting it. after you make an effort mm, yeah. so i would like to now focus on two things the first thing is that George, um, dr craig here <clears throat> dr craig here i'd like to ask him two questions the first is is um, what is his concept of you know his worldview with free will you know, free will actually demonstrates that his worldview is incoherent. Okay. Explain. You know, so free will, he, he knows he he admits and he's spoken about he talks about free will and the importance of it, et cetera, <coughs> right? So he believes in free will. But mm. if God's love is to be unconditional, yeah. And not conditional about your on your free will and on your actions, then what's the point in giving you yeah. free will <laughs> yeah, in the first true. place? Yeah. So you know, this very notion that we are the superior creation by well, virtue I guess you freely choose whether to believe in Jesus. Yeah, but then that becomes that's a condition. condition yeah. That's a condition. That, that becomes a condition, as we pointed out. Yeah, so, so the very notion... collapses back into the condition. Exactly. Issue. So the fact that God has given you free will is indicative that he is going to reward those who act yeah. in a particular way, as opposed to those who do not act. And the, the second thing I'll say, that's the first thing, is that free will renders the entire conception hmm. of his that, you know, why should God... Uh, not be unconditionally loving, yeah. completely incoherent, because clearly God has given you free will, so from god 's perspective, He expects you to act in a particular way, otherwise there 's no notion of free will, it has no meaning, it has no value it 's a purposeless act by God. Why give people free will if it doesn 't matter whether they use it or not, yeah, right The second imp- important thing I think is that what is love no it's it's it 's why expect unconditional love from God in the first place mm. like i don 't understand it like he 's holding God first, he defines that God. You know, only the the morally, you know, valid concept of God is one who is who is unconditionally loving. All right, why? Yeah. Like why is why? that more perfect? Why is why is it more perfect that a God should not at all recognize the efforts of one over another mm. and should treat them both equally? It requires God to be blind. It requires God to be blind. And moreover, if we are made in the image of God, is there any individual who will treat one who loves him and one who hates him in the same way? Yeah. One who denies his existence, one who hates him, one who persecutes his believers and the ones who love him. Yeah. Which being is there who is made in the image of God hmm. who will treat the one who is the oppressor of the one he loves and the one who is kind and loving to him? Who? Which man would do that? The Christians who are fed to the lions in, the Ro- in Roman times, according to
0: him, God loves the God loves the the feeders and the fed, uh, to the same extent.
2: Yeah. It's all unconditional love all around here. So I mean, I would argue with the very premise I mean, if I was in that debate with, you know as mr Badawi, i would I would say on what on what what basis is they talk about a just god where's the justice in loving the oppressor and the oppressed to the same extent in the same way, and where's the justice in punishing finite sin infinitely uh, and where's the where's the where's the where's the act of love in not forgiving ever but
0: i, I don't I, the, the thing by is by virtue of the,
2: is, the fact that you've punished Jesus or you've punished all the individual
0: yeah. Uh, but it doesn't even make sense to say, this isn't what love is yeah exactly love is something special yeah exactly. so the point of love is that it's something which is which is extra which is which is it's a special place in your heart mm. which is which is has a degree of exclusivity mm. if love is all- encompassing it's not love you don't love anybody if you love everybody in a sense yeah you know yeah um, so it's you know especially on a divine scale you know humans you can say you know love everyone in the sense of you um it's a shorthand for appreciate everyone, you know, understand everyone, have a baseline sense of uh, compassion to everyone. Mm. But in terms of actual real kind of divine love, the idea that that can be given without any kind of exclusivity
2: renders it pointless. Mm. It means that there's no special, there's no special uh, meaning to it. So in summary, in a way, the Muslim conception of God is not that God loves everybody. Yeah. He shows grace to everybody. Yeah, he shows mercy and grace to everybody. Mercy unconditional to mercy and grace to everybody, Rahman. Then he expresses love for those who turn to him. And well, then he shows conditioned grace. Conditioned grace, yeah, which is of a heart, which is of the nature of love, right? Yeah. And well, that, well, well, and I, that con- well, and that concept of God hmm. as having unconditional grace and then conditional love, still God behaves better. <laughs> <laughs> then, in the concept of God, where apparently he shows unconditional love but doesn't actually enjoy any love whatsoever to anyone. Yeah, but shows universal punishment. Universal punishment. Should we sum up then? Should we sum up
0: uh, briefly? Um, the argument, the flow of the argument from Dr. Craig is that uh, the Christian conception of God is superior because in the Christian conception of God, God is unconditionally loving. In the Muslim conception of God, uh, God is conditionally loving that's basically it this is false because in the christian conception of god god is uh con- is punishing you no matter who you are or well, there is punishment no matter who you are hmm. that if you believe in jesus god is punishment punishing jesus that's where atonement comes from and uh and God is punishing everyone infinitely who doesn't believe in Jesus. Yeah. So it is both it is not unconditional because there is a condition. <laughs> and it is not love because it's basically Because there's no act of love. Because, because that no of hate there's, there's no
2: forgiveness. Yeah. There's it's no almost like
0: conditioned hate. Yeah. You know, in the sense of it's you will you will pay for what you did. Or someone or, else. Will. Or Jesus will. Right, you know? exactly. So it's 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 actually the conceptions of God that you have. If I just put it crudely, to be honest, is 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 uh, unconditional mercy because that's the Qur'anic conception. Yes, that you have unconditional mercy, and then you have conditioned grace, which earns you the love of God. So you have this conception of God versus a kind of conditioned hate, which is what.
2: Um, Saint Paul offers us. Yeah, to be clear, we don't believe this is what Jesus taught. Yeah, We believe this is what Saint Paul interpolated into Jesus' work. I think a really nice, you said, let's summarise. So I think a nice, I, you know the Qur'an, how can you better hmm. the words of God for, for, for summarising? And I never really appreciated this verse until we've had this conversation hmm. of the dichotomy between the Christian and the Islamic conception of God. So this is chapter 45, verse 22, 21, if you're in a Qur'an which doesn't count the Bismillah as the first verse. It says, do those who commit evil deeds think that we shall make them like those who believe and do righteous deeds so that their life and their death shall be equal. Evil indeed is what they judge. Hmm. And Allah has created the heavens and the earth in accordance with an eternal law so that every soul may be requited for that which it earns and they shall not be wronged. So, I mean, and it goes on, and I could keep going, because it's, um, well, I will, actually. <laughs> Hast thou seen him? This is an amazing conclusion to this. Hast thou seen him who has taken his desire for his God, mm. and whom Allah has adjudged astray on the basis of his knowledge, and whose ears and whose heart he has sealed up, and on whose eyes he has put a covering, who then will, uh, will guide him after Allah has condemned him? Will he not then take heed? So, in other words, it's saying that... Um, I mean, the first point was that, how can it be, do those who commit evil these things, that we shall make them like those who believe and do righteous deeds. Do you think I'm going to unconditionally love you? Yeah, basically, exactly. Evil is, the, is that which they judge. Because, that would be evil to do. But that is unbe- That
0: is not becoming of a, of a just God, and a, and a loving
2: God. Absolutely, and then God points out, his, this is an op- operation in accordance with an eternal law, hmm. right? And that every soul may be requited for what it earns. Okay. Yeah. and an eternal law which was expressed through all the line of prophets before Jesus, and through Jesus, and through Muhammad, peace be upon him. Exactly. The aberration is, is a Christianity. Christianity. It's it's poor doctrine. line doctrine. Yeah, doctrine. And then the last one is, "Have you seen him who takes his desire for his God?" So in other words, this notion that God's going to unconditionally love you no matter what you do. Yeah, yeah. Is actually born. Permissiveness. It's permissiveness. It's, just, it's born out of a desire to have whatever you want in life and say yeah. God, "Jesus, Jesus died for my sins, so I can, you know, I can have, I can sleep with her and I can eat that and I don't have to be circumcised." I don't have to do that. I don't have to do that because God's going to love me unconditionally. Yeah. Right. So this idea that you are, you want, you want unconditional love, right? Which isn't unconditional anymore because you've had to believe in Jesus. But Mm. you frame it in your mind as that um, is because it gives you a cover for your desires Mm. to be fulfilled, because you don't want to have to submit Mm. your way of life to God's decree. Decisions and directions. I, I do wish Christians would
0: read the the Quran, especially the translation of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. Any of them, but the Mulvi Ali one is excellent. The Zafarul Khan, uh, Khan, one is excellent.
2: Hazrat Mulvi Ali
0: as well. The <laughs> of course. Um, because what you know, I I have more recently actually properly kind of read the Bible, like in in not fully obviously, but but large swathes of it, yeah, or or parts of it. And I was really, sh- I-, I felt really bad for the Christians because I was like, "This is what you have," um, and this is so inferior to the Quran. It's it's almost, it's it's in the same category in the sense of it's a religious text, but it's so different and it's so I mean, page to page contradiction to contradiction, a conception of God that is almost, is actually insulting. It's actually in, in yeah, many many senses. And if Christians were to, but yet still somehow many Jews and Christians find in that enough to give them a degree of a kind of uh, uh, a wanting of God, and a degree of appreciation and love of God,
2: which is commendable. Which shows how strong the human desire is. <laughs> yeah, God, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. But if they were to read the Quran, they would find, you know, in, in one page they would find more than they ever found in the whole, in the whole Bible. Um, so I would say, but you know, Christians take a chance. Go, go go read the Quran. Um, we'll link the. Um... Go hell for leather. Just go for it. <laughs> <laughs> go, well, well, we'll link the the, the translations we recommend uh, in the in the description box below. Yeah. Uh, because I think you'll be shocked, and we know we know Christians, we know people from Christian background who've read the Quran, and they're just like, well, okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well,
1: looks like looks like Islam is true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't know how my family's going to deal with this one. <laughs>